Guys, how's it going? Welcome back to another episode of SoCal Watch Reviews. This is Miguel. This is episode 19. My boy P in Ohio. How's it going? Yo, what's going on, people? Your boy P. Ross back in the building. And P, we got a very special guest. This man, if it wasn't for him, you and I would have never known each other. Is that, right. is that correct? Right. That, that is ab- that's absolutely correct. He not deserves only, all the credit. Not only that... But thanks to him, we got, I got personally like 70, 80 subscribers on my YouTube channel. It was crazy. And I know P got some more too. So I think I got about 72. Dang. So if it, seriously, much respect to this gentleman right here. His name is Dave. Dave, how's it going? I'm doing great. Yeah. I'm really excited. It's the first time talking to you guys live like this. So yeah, it's, it's, this is great. (laughs) Yeah. It's awesome. So for those uh, listeners not don't know who you are, do you mind telling them what you do and, and kind of a brief history of who you yeah, are? Yeah, <laughs> sure. Um, so, yeah, I run the uh, Just the Watch YouTube channel. Uh, so I've been on YouTube for about two years now, and that's about when I started watch collecting. So I'm really new at this. I think you guys are both a lot more experienced uh, <laughs> than I am. But, uh, yeah, I... I I, I kind of have always been interested in like video production and editing and stuff. I just sort of dabbled in a lot. And then when I started getting interested in watches too, um, I actually have a, a younger brother who's on YouTube and he sort of really encouraged me to give the, uh, the YouTubing thing a, a try and see how it goes. Um, yeah. So I originally thought, Oh, I'll try and do it for a year and try a one year sort of test thing. And I, I, you know, wanted to figure out how it works and everything. Um, and just started running with it and really enjoyed it. Um, yeah, started seeing the channel grow. And yeah, I, I remember like when I first started, it was just so tough to try and get subscribers. And I was always like, if I could just get over this kind of initial hump, maybe you know, maybe <laughs> easier to go. So when I got a little bit, little bit bigger, I mean, I think I was still a pretty small channel when I did that. But yeah, I, I did a video about other small YouTubers that I was watching that were just getting started that I encourage people to watch. And that's yeah, I'd been in kind of found you guys uh, on YouTube and I enjoyed your channel. So I recommended them. And yeah, I was, I was so cool to see, hear you guys doing the podcast together too. So I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm glad it's, uh, it's all working out good. Well, thank you so much, Dave. And, and Absolutely. honestly, we, two years collecting, I, I thought you were, you were like a seasoned collector because the way you, <laughs> no, no. you speak about watches and your knowledge is this, is this crazy. And you're up to almost 9,000 subscribers. Is that correct? Yeah, I, I'm, uh, I'm up to, I think right now, just about 9,500, actually. Wow. Mm. Uh, wow. Yeah, the channel grows in weird spurts, like bumps where like, nothing happens, and then for whatever reason, YouTube will like one of my videos. So my latest one's like gotten getting a lot more views than anything I normally do, and then I usually get a lot of subscribers in. So, yeah, it's kind of fun. It's a little bit of a roller coaster. But, yeah, right now, it's, it's a, I got one good video, so that's fun. Yeah, so cool. basically, before we start doing the questions – uh, your your channel basically your your mantra is building the ultimate collection one affordable piece at a time. Is that correct? That's kind of yeah. What... That's right. Okay. Okay. Cool. Um, so you're kind of a ball realm, art realm because we don't we don't really do luxury. Uh, we uh-huh. like the more affordable stuff because for obvious reasons. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, but but that's cool, man. That's why I, I really enjoy you as a person and the channel and and it just really when I found you 
your channel really spoke to me because I was like, all right, cool. This guy's speaking my language, like affordable pieces. <laughs> and you could see oh, the, yeah, yeah. the good and the affordable, right, P? I mean, mm. you love time yeah, in. So. sure. Yeah. Well, before we move yes, to, to other things, what are you guys wearing? Wrist check. Dave? All right. Um, yeah, I've got my uh, Citizen Nighthawk on. And mm. yeah, this, that was the first kind of real watch that I really researched and Nice. Um, invested some money in and yeah today i just i'm, I'm doing a yeah, i live in japan i don't know if i mentioned that but so we're in radically different time zones right. i need to keep track of what time i was supposed to be on for this and, you know, <laughs> nighthawk has a great tmt feature so i put that one on for today that's super cool i like it p uh i'm still rocking the uh hamilton khaki Ooh, honeymoon face nice <laughs> yes that's, yes, sir. That's super cool. I, I noticed he changed the strap on it, huh? Looks nice. Yeah, yeah, and I just changed the strap to another one too. So. What do you What do you have that that fuchsia color, that pink one? No, I'm just kidding. No, your <laughs> <laughs> skin tone so well. I'm just kidding. Mm, mm, I wonder. Mm. Hey, you love Prince. Okay. Well, that's not fuchsia. That's more purple. But that's no, purple. Hey. Yeah. Um. Well, today in honor of Dave, I am rocking a what. It's a JDM piece, but not really because everybody has it all over. But it's a SARB 033, the Seiko. Um, love this thing, man. It's like seriously one of my daily nice. daily watches. And I, I recommend it to anybody. I mean, they're pretty affordable and they look super nice. Uh, people that don't really know watches always think that this is like a really expensive watch. They oh, wow, that looks really nice, really expensive, especially with the exhibition case back. I'm like, no, actually, it's in the 350 range. So, I mean, it's not cheap. But it's not expensive, you know. So, right. so that's what I got. But uh, but let's get into the questions. P, you right, want to start so, it off? Let's go. Um, so what got you into watches? And you kind of explained in the beginning, like you started the YouTube channel. But what was actually like the breaking point for your love of watches? Yeah. So I I like. From the time I was a kid, I always enjoyed having a watch on my wrist, but it was more the kind of thing I would I would usually break it or scratch it up or lose it or something. Or, you know, I had one that I think I actually wore the battery out. And then, but after that, they're kind of disposable. Um, and then, you know, eventually I got a cell phone and that kind of replaced my watch. I, I, I didn't wear a watch for a long time, but I kind of started getting sucked back in it when the whole smartwatch craze started. Mm-hmm. Um, so I got. I got a smartwatch. I started wearing that. I just loved having the time on my wrist again and how convenient it was. Uh, but I had like this little uh, Pebble smartwatch. I don't know if you guys remember that. It was one of the earlier ones that came out yeah. with the digital display. Um, and I wore it all the time, but it looked terrible whenever I had to dress nicely. It just didn't fit. <laughs> so I think, okay, so I like wearing the watch now, but I need to get like a dress watch or something. So um, I did a minimal amount of research online and I went out and I purchased an MVMT. Yeah, so their marketing is great, right? Yeah. Like I've, I've read reviews oh, yeah. and stuff. They got these good reviews, and but I actually I love the watch. You know, it was it was just a simple classic dress watch. It was thin. It was comfortable. It looked you know a hundred times better than uh, you know my little smart watch, and I could wear it, you know when I was dressed up and stuff. Um, and it was you know, kind of like my nice watch, but that that sort of got me more interested in, you know, well, what else is out there? Um, I think I started watching the Urban Gentry on YouTube a lot. Yeah. And that kind of opened my eyes to, you know, more of the watch world and started getting more interested in it. Um, and then, yeah, just little by little, I started thinking, well, maybe I, I want to save up and uh, get a watch. Um, so I think I think it was also watching what the time teller uh, with Jody, Jory. Jory. Yeah, Jory. Jory Goodman. Yep. 
Yeah, and he he recommended the Nighthawk on there, and I thought that was a really cool one, so I kind of saved up and got that. Um, yeah, and so, yeah, it was just sort of like one little step at a time, and the YouTube channel played a big role in that, too. Like, I had always wanted to, you know, like, have a watch collection, but I, I had really low budget, so it was kind of like, you know, with the little amount of you know, funds that I had set aside for watches, I could only afford affordable pieces and I couldn't afford that many of them. So I had to find ways to sort of stretch out my video. So I couldn't do like a review every week. I was trying to find other um, ideas. So I'd talk about watch topics and things and just mostly what I was learning in the process of, you know, figuring out myself. And I figured, you know, if I'm a new collector and there was all these things that I didn't know and I was trying to figure out, so I do a lot of research and I was excited when I'd find the answer. So I'd make a video about what, whatever it was, whether it was, you know, about discovering NATO straps for the first time or what the water resistance is actually meant, all that totally entry-level stuff. Um, but yeah, it, it seems like there's a lot of people that are kind of like where I, I was two years ago or where I am now that um, are looking for that on YouTube and, and maybe not as many channels focused on sort of beginners and affordables. Um, so yeah, it seems like that's been a sort of a good little niche, niche to find. That's awesome. Well, you, you, cool. hit, you hit a few good points because... Like you said, I mean, you can only own so many watches because you're not rich. So you're like, well, what, what am I going to talk about? So you start talking about topics or showing lists. <laughs> and I noticed it, it, with the YouTube algorithm, I don't know if you guys noticed this too, Teddy Baldessar. I mean, that guy, yeah. he didn't really review a lot of watches. He was always doing lists, yeah. right? The best is, yeah. the worst is. And that thing just mm. like, boom, it took him to another level. Jory too, Jory right. Goodman. I mean, he does some reviews, but for the most part, it's just him ranting about different things. And yeah, it's like, yeah crazy maybe p you and i should start doing the same thing man just ranting yeah, about just things start and ranting just just ranting making list anything <laughs> just make- yeah yeah if, if you can think up an interesting topic like that like you know my so my i subscribe to you know every watch channel i can find but like 90 percent of them are watch reviews and there's only so many as you want to watch i i find myself i'm a lot more interested if someone's doing a topic that's sort of about something i'm thinking on i'm a lot more likely to click on that mm. and actually lately i've seen like youtube you know, a lot of the videos that aren't reviews tend to get more popular. So I, I think it, you got to have a balance of both. I think if I just abandoned doing reviews altogether, then that would be, you know, I, I wouldn't be, you know, understanding watches as much. And I think there's people that want the reviews and want to see that. So you kind of got off a little bit of everything. But I think having a good balance of like some, are, some of these are watch reviews, but some of these are just interesting topics or experiments or whatever. Um, for me, that's what I found it seems to be the best way to go. Awesome. Well, let me so- cool. ask you something off topic. And this wasn't even on my list. I'm sorry. I'm just sure. thinking because this has been a point of contingency for me and P knows this very well. When you got into watch collecting, right? So you bought your first cool watch, uh-huh. but then you, you, you got the bug, right? You're like, I need another one. Yeah. And I need another <laughs> one. And I need another. It's an addiction, really. Uh-huh. What do your yeah. wife think about this? Was she cool with this? Does she tell you, hey, man, you <laughs> pump the brakes on this? Or Yeah. So and I don't know if this is how everybody does it, but my, my <laughs> wife manages our, our finances, okay? My wife so does she, too. She balances all the books and everything, and she, she says, okay, so we've each got – each of us get $50 a month for whatever we want. We can take that money and do whatever we want with it. Um, so that was really the constraint that I started with. Mm. Um, and then, but then it was like, okay, so like Christmas came up and, you know, I'd, I'd ask friends or family for either, either watches or if they gave me cash or something. I sort of pool all that together to try and get a couple of, of watches together to start the channel and to start, you know, just, you know, so I wanted you know, to start with like that basic three watch collection. So I had like the Citizen Nighthawk as a daily watch, but then I wanted to get a, a dress watch. So I got like a cheap little Acrobos 
for Acrobos 24 and used that as my dress watch for a while. Um, and I wanted a beater watch and I found like this Nixon Baja for on eBay for like 26 bucks or something like that. So just trying to find like super good values and stretch the little bit of money that I had. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. And then, and then, you know, as I got more watches, you know, I, I had to do a lot of, you know, buying and selling. So I, I, I wouldn't be able to have many watches at the same time. I'd kind of have to buy one, review it, play with it for a while, sell it at a loss and then buy something different. Um, so yeah, I've, I've been able to stay mostly within that constraint. I think at one point I had, um, like, so I, I used to play HeroScape. I don't know if anybody's familiar with that. It's like a tabletop gaming thing that mm. I had a pretty big collection from before I got married. <laughs> uh, uh-huh. And I wasn't doing anything. So I eventually sold that off and it turned out it had increased in value because it had gotten discontinued. So I, I got a little influx of cash from that and I used that to buy um, some watches. But yeah, it's mostly just trying to be kind of, you know, stretch the, the little bit of cash as far as I could. Um, and then eventually as the channel grew, that started generating a little bit of income and then that's made it a lot easier to get the watches that I'm interested in taking a look at. Um, so yeah, so now it's a little bit of a challenge because I think at first, because I had those hard constraints on, you know, where I'd spend the money, my wife was totally fine with it. But now the, the channel's getting bigger and, you know, the money coming in from that is a little bit more significant. So now it's, I'm really trying to think through it. So you know, do I really want to spend this money on watches or should we save it for emer- family emergencies or right. vacations or kids' education or retirement? And I mean, I'm not making a lot of money, but it's, it's getting to the point where, you know, it's, it's, it is something to consider now um, that I feel like, yeah, if I just spent everything on, on watches, that might not be the best use of it. So, yeah, we've, we've been having more of that, those conversations lately and just trying to figure out, especially as the, as the, if the channel does keep growing, it might increase more, but I don't know. We'll see how it goes. That's pretty cool. And something you didn't mention cool. that, that I noticed that uh, obviously you review a lot of these guys. It's like Spinnaker and some other watches. So mm. now that you're big right. enough, people want to want you to review their watch, right? And they give it to you for right. free, right? So that helps a lot too. Yeah. So yeah, I think once I hit around a little bit over, I think when I hit around a thousand subscribers, I started getting like uh, strap companies interested in sending me straps. And then when I got closer to 2000, I started asking around and they were, yeah, I think Spinnaker, Spinnaker is great about that. They really work with a lot of YouTubers and they're really, um, Except for me. yeah, I'm just yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, but they're, yeah, they're, they're interested in, I think, getting their watches out to as many people and reviewers as they can. Yeah. yeah I think I was around 2000 subscribers when they started sending me stuff. That's pretty cool. And they, yeah, they they're the most, and they let you do whatever you want with them, right? Just review them and then you can yeah. sell them or yeah, they and yeah i yeah i so mostly i've given them to like so i i have um seven uh brothers and sisters Ooh. uh mm. a big fan i come from and so I've, I've been trying to give like all my brothers and brothers-in-laws watches to try and spread it around a little bit try and get them hooked in so that's mostly what i've done i haven't sold any of them yet but yeah that's eventually probably what i'll, I'll you know hold on to them for a while in case i need to use them for videos but then that's cool yeah maybe try and eBay them too that's pretty cool yeah, that's what's up. That's awesome. You hear that, P? That's our, our aspiration right there. It's like, yeah, it's like yes, sir. milestones that you hit that sort of keep you going. <laughs> yeah, no, I agree, man. Well, since we're talking about affordable pieces, obviously we got to talk about this snobs. I mean, as much as I hate talking <laughs> about this, we kind of have to because we're in a space that really is dominated by luxury. I, I, I at least feel yeah. that way. Cartier, Omega, Rolex, whatever, Patek, AP. So I guess really what, what I, I want to get your opinion on two things. So basically, um, what's your opinion on snobs? But furthermore, 
want to switch the roles and what's your opinion on reverse knobs? Because there are those people that own affordable pieces and look down on people that own more expensive yeah. stuff. So what is, what, what, what's your take on that? Yeah. So I, I kind of want to be a little careful on that is, you know, I, I think the the whole snob thing is bad. If mm. you're, if you're a snob, don't be a snob. <laughs> right. Um, but I do want to be careful, like how you define what a snob is, too. <laughs> like, I think people can have differing opinions. They True. can, you know, if someone wants to tell me, hey, you, you know, you shouldn't be spending your money on affordable watches, and they have a good reason and a valid point, I, w- I want to hear that and have those discussions. I think that's fun. Uh, but if they come at it, like, you know, with the attitude of, you know, you're, like, I don't know, an, an idiot for collecting these watches, and I'm, you know, this great rich guy who's got these expensive watches, and so I'm better than you. That's annoying. You know, no one wants to hear that. And it's not really having a conversation with someone who wants to do that. And I've kind of started seeing that when I, when I put out that last video about collecting affordable watches. You yeah. started getting some people like that come out of there. And there was a mix. There were some people that were commenting and they had, you know, they wanted to talk about it. They wanted to give their reasons for why they thought, you know, affordable watches weren't worth collecting. And it's, it was good to interact with them and to hear that perspective. Yeah, then there were other guys that were basically like, you know, if you don't have $50,000 to build a watch collection, you shouldn't be buying watches. And I'm like, well, that's, <laughs> I don't know. That's so dumb. Yeah. That's, that's one of the stupidest reasons I ever heard. Yeah. Yeah, yeah but, you know, there, there are guys like that. So I, yeah. I definitely said that, that guy, you know, those, those kind of people are snobs. Um, and, yeah, not really worth having much of a conversation with. But, yeah, I think that there are people that can be from the luxury side that, you know, they, they might – say they don't like your collection or something, but if they have, you know, if they're reasonable about it and they want to talk about it, then sure, yeah, let's talk and let's have a conversation. Now, what's your opinion on the reverse snobs, people that have affordable pieces and talk bad about the guys that have expensive pieces? Obviously, it's jealousy, but... Right, yeah, kind of the same thing. I think usually that's just jealousy coming out, and that's that's annoying, too, to to deal with and to hear, but... um, yeah, I mean, you don't see that quite as often. I think usually the, the affordable guys are pretty reasonable, and you know, most of them <laughs> would love to have, um, you know, afford or love to have luxury watches. But yeah, I think the same thing with that is like yeah, there are a lot of people on the that were commenting on this latest video that were saying, yeah, I would never buy a luxury watch because I think it's a waste of money. But I think I feel like most of them were coming from you know, they're thinking their own perspective, and I, I think. You know, most people think if you can afford it and, you know, it's not going to like, you know, send you into debt or something, then, yeah, you know, go, go ahead. And that's where your lifestyle's at. Um, it's not much of a problem with that. Well, I had a guy recently, so I did the Pagani design, right? I did the unboxing. I haven't even done the review because I've been so busy, but I, that thing is out there and it's, it's generating some views, some comments. And some guy just basically came at me and he's, well, not at me, but basically said, I would never spend $9,000 on a Rolex. That is dumb. Uh, I think, you know, buying an homage, it looks like it is the better value. And you're stupid if you buy it. Uh-huh. And it was just, he was so sad yeah. in his face. And it's like, right. I, I told him, I said, look, an homage watch is cool, but you can't really, per, per, you know, present it that way. And it's like, you've got to right. see value and respect both, both senses. You know, it's like buying a car, yeah. like you, you have money for a Mercedes, go for it. But if you don't and you want something that looks like it, then... It's cool, but don't be talking smack about the guy that owns the Mercedes, you know? So right. Because obviously, you bought something because you like that car. You can't afford it. That's a different story. But don't be talking down on it, you know what I mean? So there's a lot of yeah. things that I like, right? And you don't see me talking down on, on Patek and, and, you know, Lamborghinis and stuff like that. I love them, but I can't afford them. But I'm not going to talk bad about them, you know? 
Yeah. Yeah. I think even if you don't think it's a wise investment, you should be able to appreciate what goes into them. And, you know, I think that that I think being able to at least appreciate the craftsmanship and design of luxury watches really helps you even understand what you want in affordable watches. And um, so, yeah, I think that luxury watches are are amazing. Um, I don't think I would ever buy one, but I still really appreciate them and I can see why people would. Okay. I mean, I kind of think we all trying to get to the same place. Whether it's luxury or affordable, <laughs> yeah. So I don't even understand why people talk so silly. So yeah, yeah. you know. And, and speaking of luxury watches, would you be willing to sell your entire collection for one luxury piece? And yeah. and what would that luxury piece be? Yeah. So I mean, I I guess it kind of depends. Like I I was trying to add up like if like I think my collection right now at retail would maybe top out around 1500 and that's not what i paid for some of them i got for free for reviews but most of them i, I try and find you know, either by used or gray market or on sale so i spent a lot less than that but you know if it was like so there's not that many luxury watches at the 1500 price point so if you want to trade my collection for a rolex yeah sure i'm there <laughs> you know hands down i'll take it uh, if you're taking dollar for dollar you know i yeah i would i would my collection over a single like 1500 watch um yeah, I mean, like in that price range, uh, there's like some pieces from Oris that I'm really interested in. I like the Oris Big Crown uh, Pointer Data. Nice. It's a really cool watch. Um, <coughs> I've been kind of interested in the Longines Conquest, particularly the GMT model. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, some of those might be tempting, but I think no, I think I would stick with having the the collection and having the variety and just the different ones. Cause, you know, I really enjoy a lot of the pieces that I have. And, um, yeah. So I think I think I would stick with my my little box of watches over something of equal value. If you if you want to give me a true luxury watch or something like that that's worth a lot more, yeah, I'll I'll go for it. But yeah, well, I was Absolutely. in the, I was in the same boat, and actually, P and I were considering the same thing because we we've been talking back and forth, you know, about our collections. And P's collection is huge. Uh, he has everything from every brand, and I only have yeah. not not that many. But yeah, we were talking about that, and like, hey. If we had the opportunity to basically sell our collection, how much money would we get and what would we buy? And will we be satisfied with that or will we miss them? You know what I mean? So, so yeah. Yeah, I was pretty impressed with Pete's collection because I, I found him on YouTube when he started uh, reviewing Watch Gang watches. <laughs> you know, like the, the entry-level ones. Yeah, And most right, people right. who are doing that first getting into watches. So that's kind of what I assumed at first. And then every once in a while, he'd start pulling out you know, like a, a Tissot or, or an Omega. And I'd be like, whoa, who is this guy? What are you? Right. Yeah, he's got a watch game subscription, but then he's also got these, you know, this whole, all these amazing pieces that are coming out of nowhere. So like, oh, that's a little bit more serious than I gave him credit for at yeah, first. What P has oh, yeah, is a oh, very yeah. bad addiction. <laughs> <laughs> I, think, hey. I think we all do, but he executes on it a little bit more often. <laughs> it's, uh, it's better to have that addiction than any other addiction. <laughs> yeah, I'll give you that. Yeah. You know what I mean? I'll give you that. I'll give you that, man. So, But uh, well, I mean, we talked about that one luxury piece, but do you have a grill piece and, and what is it? And, and, you know, if money wasn't an object, what, what would you get? Yeah, um, I really don't right now. Like the idea of having a grail piece that I know I'll never be able to afford. Again, it's like I keep saying, it's like, like, guess if I won the lottery, but I don't even play the lottery. Someone would have to give me a lottery ticket, and then I have to win, and then I might consider, you know, going out and buying a fifteen thousand dollars watch. But 
Um, yeah, it would have to be something with a GMT. Um, Come on, Dave, give us something. Give us something. Give us something. Yeah. So, like, my original one was the Rolex Explorer 2. Okay. Like, out of all the Rolexes, that's the one that I probably like the most. Polar dial? Or yeah, that's nice. That's nice. Polar dial. I like the polar dial one. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so that would be pretty high up there. But, yeah, other than that, I'm still kind of looking around. Um, you know, like, uh, so the I like the Omega Aquatero a lot, too. Mm. That one's pretty cool. I'm not even sure. See, I, I, I don't even I, – I hardly even look at the luxury end that much because I – you know, it's just not even uh, something I'm really thinking I'll ever get. But <laughs> I do, you guys know, they make an Aquaterra GMT. Have they done a GMT version of the Aquaterra? I believe they have. Where's Fred when you yeah. need him? <laughs> yeah. Right. Something like that would be cool if they had, if they even had one. Um, yeah. So those are those are some of the ones that I've you know really liked the design of and been interested in. Well, but yeah, definitely something with the GMT function. That's my favorite complication. I'm surprised and, you didn't so, say Grand Seiko. I mean, you're in Japan. I seriously yeah, okay yeah, yeah. no yeah that, that's a, that's high up there too um and that's something that was not on my radar at all like i heard when i first started collecting i heard that seiko would sell five thousand dollar watches like why would anybody want a five thousand dollar seiko right but then, yeah i started looking at it and the more steel like okay yeah and the cool thing about that for me is that it's like nobody knows what it is so like that's part of it. like i don't i don't even necessarily like the image of wearing a luxury watch sometimes I'd, I'd rather something not be something that everyone stares at um so yes yeah, so like a good grand seiko i think would be cool in that respect it was not as not as well known it's beautiful man mm. i mean i was i've actually been looking at the vintage grand seiko obviously it's not like the new grand seikos but they're kind of affordable they're they start off in like the five six hundred dollar range so it's not it's not right. crazy you know um the new ones of course are, are a little bit more but yeah, yeah they're a little grand seiko and and dave hit a pretty good point a lot of people that that uh want a luxury watch they don't want to be flaunting things they don't want people to know that their watch is expensive for various reasons and i respect that grand seiko is a perfect brand to basically go under the radar but you know you have great quality and it's a great value proposition right so Right, Grand Seiko's amazing. Oh. I, I I love that. You know everything they oh, represent. Yeah. They they've been doing. It's awesome. But and I, I think some long... of the stuff they. Oh, I'm sorry. What? <laughs> I was gonna say. I don't know how long they're gonna be under the radar for because they're really really upping up their their marketing game and reaching out to to a bunch of people and doing events. They just did the Godzilla event over here in LA and they're all over the place. So they're they're definitely expanding. More people are getting to know who Grand Seiko is. So it's gonna take years, of course. To, for oh, them yeah, to be yeah. known, uh, but anyways, I, I think they're they're awesome watches. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I really think they positioning themselves like as really the next luxury piece because I think twenty twenty they're gonna have some heavy hitters. I think so. Heavy yeah, heavy. yeah, the the finishing and the technology that they put into it with their movements and stuff is is incredible. But yeah. it's funny because a lot of people that love Rolex and love those brands, they kind of, they talk good about Grand Seiko, but at the same time they go, well, are they truly mechanical because they have a spring yeah. drive? And it's like, oh right. my right. God, are we, are we yeah. really going to get into this? Like, just enjoy the watch for what it is. I, I honestly feel, and I'm, I'm just throwing this out there, people are probably going to come out with their pitchforks out, but I feel the people that buy watches in a more affordable range, kind of like us three, I think we look at watches for the value of them and we really do appreciate watches for what they are. And a lot of people, unfortunately, in the, in the luxury sector, and it's true, they're looking at the brand. 
they're looking at, well, what are people going to think of me? How are they going to, how am I going to be perceived if I walk in with a Rolex or a Patek? So yeah, they, I'm not saying they don't appreciate the craftsmanship and stuff like that, but I feel like us, the budget guys, we really, really do our due diligence before even pulling the trigger on $70, $80. And I, I'm just speaking from my experience, you know, before I bought that Pagani design, I wasn't going to buy it. I'm against homage watches, but I gave it a chance because of all the specs that it had. And I saw the value proposition there, you know? So I bought it. It's still in the collection, but that's what I'm saying. I mean, I'm, I'm not saying that people that collect Rolex, Grand Seiko don't know what they're, what they're buying. I just feel that us in, the, in the, this little kind of sector, this little market, we kind of, I guess, admire watches more. I, I, don't, I don't even know how yeah. to place it, but... Yeah, I, I feel yeah. like that too. I feel like of guys who buy affordable watches look a lot closer at movements, whether it's quartz, mechanical, or automatic, whatever. Right. But versus someone that just says, "Okay, I'm gonna buy a Rolex for status." Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? So I think we definitely look at watches a little bit different. I can't tell you the number of times that I. Uh, so here in California, obviously, people have a lot of money. It depends where you go, whatever. People have a lot of money. So I know a few people with heavy hitters, right? Uh, for instance, my two of my bosses, one of them owns a, a Rolex Datejust, a two-tone, and his son owns a Patek Philippe. I don't know the reference number. I forget, but it's all diamond out and everything. And he does oh, mm. he owns a Hulk, too. Uh, but he, they're not into watches. They just buy them for the yeah. looks of it and for the status. And, and, and that's what I'm saying. They would never be caught dead with a Seiko. You know, but then again, they're not watch people. So I'm not, I'm, I'm confusing the two worlds, but whatever, bottom line, I just feel that us, we appreciate watches a little bit more. Maybe that's not true. Yeah, I think whatever. And and you know what, that's, that's not to say that someone who's into luxury watches don't appreciate. Right, right. And that's, that's, you know what I mean? That's, so this is like kind of a hard subject, you know, I don't, I don't want to put my foot in my mouth because I know a lot of friends in the industry that own really nice watches so i'm like i said you can't put everybody in a box i'm just saying generally you know so yeah right yeah, you got in both categories yeah you got you got some people that are in the luxury watches that yeah they're in it for the status but there's others that are yeah they're in it for the the hobby and the craftsmanship and the, and, and the same thing with the affordable watches there's a lot of guys that you know they just like watches and they buy lots of watches that they like without much thought about what goes on behind them and you know i think again that's where the whole snob thing comes in is you know to a point just letting people do what they enjoy and, you know, talking with them about it, but not looking down on them necessarily for those choices. Yeah, absolutely. Right. So let me, let me put you on the spot before P asks the next question. If somebody came to you, your brother, let's say he doesn't uh-huh. really know much about watches, but he's like, you know what? I want to get into this whole watch collecting game. I have 350 bucks to spend. Um, would you recommend them to, would you recommend one watch or would you recommend like three, three watch collections? Ooh. Oh, that's a tough one. I'm putting you on the spot. Uh, There's no right or wrong answer. It's just, I just want yeah, to know your thoughts, you know? I think at 350 up front, um, I would maybe push him towards a two watch collection. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, the three, I mean, 350 you can get a pretty good watch for. But yeah, you know, I, I, it would depend on, you know, which brother or brother in law. Uh, we're talking about so you know, one of my brothers and fo- brother-in-law is in finance so he wears a suit every day so i'd you know maybe you know, recommend a dress watch to him but you know another another brother's more into sports and stuff so he might be you know into something more like a, a diver or a field watch something a little bit more rugged um yeah trying to figure out what would fit their their personality the best but then having that and then you know like a, a backup so like for my brother i'd recommend who's into sports maybe like a diver and a cheap dress watch but for 
my brother-in-law who's into finance, maybe a dress watch and uh, you know, Casio digital watch for the times he needs a beater. Mm. Uh, well, I, yeah, that's, that's I think I'd start it. That's cool. Well, the reason I asked this is because I, I recently had a really co- close friend to me ask me a similar question. He didn't give me a budget, but he's like, well, uh-huh. and, you know, I don't, I'm not into watches like you are, but I, I, I definitely want to, I want to spend my, my money wisely. He's like, I want to, I want to wear something that, people that know watches are going to look at my wrist and not make fun of me. So yeah, because he's like, he told me the same thing. He's like, he's like, Miguel, have you seen these movement watches? They're like really cool. He's like, but I want to, I want to come to you because I know you're a watch guy. What do you think about them? And I told him, I said, straight up, I said, Hey man, they look awesome, but they're garbage. They have this Chinese movement and and you're being overcharged to be honest with you. I mean, you could buy one for 10 bucks, 15 bucks. I don't know. But if you really want to be respected, let, let me start building your collection, right? He's like, okay, cool. So he started off, he's like, well, I have, I don't know, 50 bucks to spend. What do you recommend? Time, okay. Timex Weekender. He bought it. Yeah. Loved it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I love this thing. This is awesome. I'm ready to pull the trigger on something else. What 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 can I get? I, I want something kind of like this. And he sends me pictures of what he kind of likes. And they're always uh-huh. these like fashion looking things. I'm like, oh, God. Yeah. So <laughs> I recommended this mm-hmm. Seiko. Mm-hmm. I forget the, 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 it was a battery. It was a quartz operated one, but it was a chronograph. Uh-huh. 90 bucks on it 80 bucks on it mm-hmm. he loved it he's like okay mm. i got he got addicted like within a, a, a matter of like a month and a half he was hitting me up all the time and i'm like okay man you, you can slow down slow down i know i know what you're going through but you need to slow down because then you're gonna be spending 500 bucks look back get into into watches like i am and be like why did uh-huh. i buy all these things but yeah. you know oh sorry i thought mm. you were gonna say something <laughs> Well, the the last watch that that he just purchased is the Orient Ray Two, because he's like, nice. okay, tell me, he's like, I like this 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 watch. I don't even know what you call it, but it, it's all blacked out. It's super cool. I was like, oh, that's a diver. That's a diver style watch. Uh-huh. Let me let me get you something similar. So I started looking around. They actually have the Orient Ray Two all blacked out. Super cool. Joma shop. I'm like, jump on this. He paid like 150, one something. He nice. got it. And mm. This is a text. This is a text message. Miguel, how do you get this thing going? Does it have a battery? I'm like, oh my god. <laughs> I'm like, all right, let's, let's get on the phone. Let's get on the phone. So I explained to him about mechanical watches. He's like, uh-huh. wait, what do you what do you mean? So I have to like move my hand, or I'm like, okay, so yeah. so I and it's so hard, right? Because I have so much yeah. information in my head that I'm like spit, and I'm like, no, 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 no. This guy's a beginner. <laughs> like I need to like dumb it right. down, yeah. right? So I'm like, okay, this is, I'm looking at the caliber online. I'm like, no, this is manual wine, which is awesome. I have an SKX that's more expensive than that. And unfortunately, it, it doesn't, it doesn't even, <laughs> it doesn't hack. It doesn't wine. He's like, what, what, what do you mean hack? What do you mean? So anyways, <laughs> long story mm-hmm. short, he has a three-piece collection. He has a Timex, a Seiko, and okay. an Orient. That's all he has. And now he started getting into NATO straps. So he saw my, my latest collaboration with uh-huh. Mora. He's like, hey, right. can you get me some? <laughs> I'm like, yeah. wow, oh my god, man. Here we go with this guy. <laughs> so that's why I'm asking because it's like, as watch guys, when once the word gets out there, people are going to randomly hit you up. They're not, they're just going to put you on the spot and be like, hey, what, what do you recommend? I have this money, or what do you think about this? Or hey, check this out. So I'm just telling and warning everybody out there listening to this if you're into watches and, and you start spreading the news that you're into watches, people are going to come to you and think you're the expert. Even though you may yeah. feel like you're not, like, I don't feel like an expert at all. I mean, I just know the bare minimum of, well, okay, maybe a little bit more than the bare minimum, but I'm a nobody, you know, to, to be yeah. 
<laughs> Give me financial advice or something. Is this, no. a, is this a good investment? Like, I, don't, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, that's the fun part of this. You, know, we, you get the chance to get new people into it that don't know anything. Again, that's that's where I was like two years ago. I was about that point. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's as, as, you know, as guys who have YouTube channels, that's one of the fun things that we get is, you know, we, it's great to be able to do it to our friends, but we also get the chance to do it to, to a bunch of whoever people, else. Right? Yeah. Trying to hit right. the line and find the stuff out. So I think that's a, a good um yeah good good part of being in this youtube thing yeah well it's funny yeah i know i didn't got a couple people into it and you know they just kind of look at me like um like i know everything and i don't know yeah. squat yeah yeah you know yeah. what i mean like like right. okay like it may sound good but uh-huh. <laughs> oh wow <laughs> <laughs> but you know compared to them you are right you know that's like right yeah for sure, for sure. like just the amount of knowledge that guys like us have compared to the general population because you know most people they just they don't even know what a mechanical watch is anymore yeah. if you haven't done any research or played around with it um yeah it's just not the kind of thing you pick up so I mean, yeah i think right. i think guys we can have a lot to offer to the, the newbies like that. That's, that's great. Well, it's funny because you, now that you mentioned that, it kind of it kind of puts things into perspective for me because, and I think for P2, because we kind of forget, right? Because we, we, we forget that YouTube just throws videos out there randomly. We keep thinking yeah. that people follow our show religiously, almost like it's like a, like a sitcom, right? <laughs> like, oh, ep- this is the next yeah. episode. Where, where did I leave off? <laughs> We forget that yeah. people come into this and they go, "Well, this is above what I know. I don't, I don't know." So you're right. Maybe P and I should put some how-to videos out there or things that we recommend, and and just for like newbies to to get them get them involved, but but get them started the right way because we don't want to get them started in, in yeah. the wrong way. Yeah, absolutely. You know, this right. is garbage. That's garbage. Invicta's right. garbage. Look, as as much as I clown on Invicta and P knows this, as much as I clown on them and everything, I respect every watch brand out there except Movement, but. Invicta <laughs> has its place in the market, man. I mean, everybody has different tastes, and yeah. yeah, some of their stuff is really weird. But they have the pro diver, and they they have heritage before they got bought out and they went on QVC. But they they had history at one point, you know. So, yeah. I've I've seen some pretty sweet Invictas on uh, on Pete's channel. So wouldn't be wouldn't be bad mouthing oh, yeah. too much now. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, for sure. But but oh, yeah. it's, it's it's funny seeing also, and I hate to put you on the spot here, P, but it's seeing the evolution of of P ever since we started talking and everything. I'm seeing the evolution of him as a collector, and that's what happens as a watch collector. And I think you both could attest to that. You start kind of graduating a little bit and looking at things a little bit different and wanting something different, not necessarily in the price range of something more expensive, but maybe better finishing maybe better movement because when we first start it's all let's be honest it's all about the the looks of the watch we we don't really right. know about the movement right. and the beats yeah. and the this and the i right no it, hey, it looks cool i'm gonna get it but now as a as a collector and like i said you take the journey you go through different things and i'm gonna be honest when i first started collecting i looked down on quartz watches i was like oh god mm. that's garbage yeah it's quartz oh it's garbage ridiculous it's not it's a cool technology. Right. It's a technology that basically bankrupt a bunch of Swiss companies. So you tell me yeah. how it's garbage. Oh yeah, it's not. It's ridiculous. Absolutely. You know what I mean? So speaking of Swiss, you are in Japan, which yep. could really be considered one of the meccas of, you know, what I'm saying the watch industry. Considering right, you got yeah, Seiko, you got Citizen, you got Citizen. This is right now. So, what is the watch scene like there in Japan? 
Yeah, so it's kind of kind of hard for me because I live I live like in a little rural fishing village in the middle of nowhere. Uh, so where I am, there's you know there's not a big watch scene out here. Um, I, so most of my stuff I buy online. Um, but yeah, I mean like one thing it's it's interesting. It feels like more people wear watches here in Japan uh, than in the states. Like mm-hmm. you know when I whenever I go back to the states, all I see are either cell phones or Apple watches. Right. Right. Um, here, yeah, I see a lot of Casio. Like everybody wears Casio out here, but yeah, even uh, you know, uh, more expensive stuff. I've seen you know Rolexes and um, different things on people's wrists. Uh, a lot of Seikos. Um, yeah, so that was one thing that's interesting. It's just kind of you know seeing a lot more people wearing wristwatches and, and using them. Mm. Uh, like as a budget collector, I was blown away to just start bl- browsing around on Amazon and seeing how many amazing affordable pieces Orient has over here. Um, like I, I you know, they, the, some of the stuff makes it over to the U S but there's like so many things I'd never even heard of. Um, that's like every time I get on Amazon, I'm just like holding my hand back. From, <laughs> yeah. Our watch. It's got all these amazing specs that I'd never um, imagined or knew existed. Um, so that's, that's cool. Um, yeah, but I, I I'd like to kind of get into it more. I don't I don't know any I don't have any Japanese friends over here that are like super into watches. Um, so yeah, it might you know I'm still still learning Japanese. It's it's hard for me to just like walk up and start talking about watches to someone off the street or something like that. Right. But yeah, that that'd be something I'd be interested in doing is trying to to get to know some people here who are into watches if I can find them. Again, we're kind of a it's mostly fishermen over in, in my town. So well, let me see how many of them. The watches. Let me expand on that okay. question that P just asked because here in the states, the the yeah. notion or the the perceived, uh, I guess not value, but but what what people when people say Seiko, you think budget, you think cheap, mm. you think eh, it's okay, they're entry level, whatever. But how how is Seiko perceived in Japan? Is it different because it's, it's a Japanese company? Yeah, no, I, there's a lot of respect for Seiko over here. I think, okay. yeah, that's one of the, yeah, definitely one of the most popular ones that I see. And yeah, when I go to like the mall and stuff and, you know, swing by a watch store, um, they always have really prominent Seiko displays. Um, so yeah, I don't, I don't, I think that they look down on it less here than, um, than over in the States. And yeah, they have a you know, a lot of really high end models that are um, out there. So I, I think at least when it comes to Seiko, people are more aware of, you know, where in the market they are, they don't consider them just like a, a cheap, um, you know, budget only watch brand. Mm, well, that kind of that's a segue for my next question, which I'm really torn about, and I know P is as well, and and that's basically Seiko trying to move up market. I mean, the Alpinus just came out, right? I mean, they used to sell it for what three fifty, maybe yeah, yeah. like sub four hundred bucks. Now the Neopolis has just a, a little better movement in it, and of course it has some little bells and whistles. But now they want seven hundred bucks for it, and it's like, mm-hmm. yeah, mm-hmm. okay, what's going on with that? So what are what are your feelings on that? Because I'll let you go yeah. first. <laughs> okay, yeah, I'm I'm a, I'm a little little torn about that. Like on the one hand, I you know, especially with the Alpinus, I, I love the new versions that are coming out, like yeah. the white and the black. Dot. I just think it's so cool. Yeah. Uh, so now I want it, but then yeah, then looking at the price tag, it's like yeah, that's yeah, that's that's pushing it a little bit. Um, you know, I I I don't think it bothers me too much. It's like you know, it's just got you kind of reframe your perspective of where you're going to look for a super good deal. And so now, like when I'm looking at Seiko, it's more like okay, so maybe I'll try and get one 
kind of decent one into the collection at some point. It's not going to be something that I'm going to be able to build my collection on because I can't afford it, but they do have some really nice pieces and, you know, a lot of history and heritage. Um, so, I, yeah, I'm looking at a lot of the presage lines, the new presages that have been coming out. Um, mm. Their dress watch, um, I think, are pretty cool. And so, like, getting something like that might be, um, you know, somewhere down the line, I might go for that. And then, you know, for affordable watches, I just, you know, I just don't even really look at Seiko for that anymore. Now I'm looking more towards Orient. And again, like they, especially here in Japan, there's so many affordable Orient watches. Even the Orient Star line is, is coming down um, in price um, and a lot, a lot of sellers and stuff. How is, so, how is Orient yeah, perceived over there in Japan? You know, I, I'm not sure. I, I think it is, uh, it's definitely more well-known here than in uh in america but i don't yeah i don't see as many people wearing uh orient watches uh you know but just going by you know online reviews and stuff they seem to be pretty well liked uh i think i we had our life insurance agent come by one time and i noticed he was wearing an orient star watch and he was all dressed up in a suit and everything so i thought oh that's interesting mm-hmm. see see that yeah um yeah, but they, they seem to be yeah definitely well more well known than in the states, but uh, yeah, maybe not as as big as like Seiko or Ca- Casio. I think is definitely the one that I see most often on the streets here. Yeah, cool. Casio, great brand. Yeah, great brand. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> Casio is definitely yeah. definitely one of my favorites, and I think we we all have them in our collection. But obviously, they're the affordable pieces. But you know, we'll, we'll make a whole episode about Casios and yeah. maybe the military and, and firefighters and stuff like that. Cause definitely it's like the favorite of them, but let me tell you my thoughts about Seiko moving up market. So in, in a way is good in a way is bad in a way is good because I have Seiko's in my collection. So I feel now that that same watch may be worth a little bit more in the future. Maybe. So that comes from a financial standpoint. Now they build so many SKXs. Is it really going to go up? Maybe not. So many SARVs, you could still pick them up new. Maybe not. But maybe the people will start having a, a different opinion about Seiko and, and not looking at them like affordable entry pieces. Maybe they'll look at Orient. Well, they've always looked at Orient that way, right? But uh, I'll give you an example for the Alpinist. I just think they're overcharging people just because it's a prospect sign and now it has a little magnifying glass and it has a better movement. Number one, <laughs> I don't like that magnifying glass. I like it on a Rolex because that's very Rolex, you know, kind of like a Mercedes yeah. hand on a watch. It's like, well, that's Rolex, you know, I mean, it's not, you think of Rolex, right? When you see that. So I, what, one thing I really loved about Seiko for such a long time and Grand Seiko is how original their designs are, right? They're they're different from everything else. But with that magnifying glass, I, I just feel like, um, I don't know, like they're trying to be almost an homage piece or something. Mm. Um, I might be wrong. I might be completely wrong. That's just my feelings. And 700 bucks, I mean, the reason I'm upset about them moving up market it's the same reason Dave said I, I can't afford them anymore, you know. And if I did have seven hundred bucks, would I buy a uh, uh, that uh, Alpinist, or would Absolutely I buy not. something else? Would I buy something Swiss? Would I save up a little more and get an Oris, right, uh, or yeah. something mm-hmm. vintage? I mean, there's so many great values out there. And believe it or not, I don't know how familiar you guys are with like Gerard Perigo. Uh It's a great Swiss brand. It has history. Some models sell for a lot of money. If you go online, you can find vintage ones for in the hundreds, and they're made out of gold. So right. would that get you more kudos with collectors? Maybe than a Seiko? I would think so. Maybe a vintage Bulova, an Accutron, you know? That will get you definitely right. kudos from collectors. 
And furthermore, I mean, there's so many companies coming out with really cool things. I know Seiko, um, I've seen some of their newer models and a lot of their divers actually are coming out with ceramic vessels and sapphire crystals, which is cool because they listen to the community. But guess what? They want to charge you an arm and a leg from now. Right, You're not yeah. getting a diver for 300 bucks no more. Now they want five, 600 bucks from them. And it's like, okay, just give me the cheap one and I'll get an aftermarket vessel and an aftermarket crystal and I'll just modify it myself, you know? I don't know. Mm-mm. But uh, those are my feelings. So. <laughs> so, P, anything else you want to ask, watch related before we move on to other things where we discuss just other things aside from uh, watches? Nah, I just want to thank Dave for everything that he's done for us. Yeah. You know what I mean? Absolutely. And, you know. <laughs> well, thank you guys for, yeah, yeah, invite me out to talk to this. It's just it's a lot of fun. No, this is a lot of fun. We And this is the reason, honestly, Dave, why we started the podcast, because uh, when you do a video, and I think you guys could attest to this, it's you, your camera, your thoughts, right? Yeah. And then you have to edit and do this and then put it out. And then you wait patiently to see what people think about your video, right? right? But with this podcasting, it's just friends talking about watches. And it's super cool because Dave's in Japan, I'm in California, and Peace in Ohio. Three yeah, completely different good. places, right? Yeah, yeah, it's got to be getting getting a little late at night for you, Pete. What, what time is it over there? Oh, man, so it's 10 till 1. Oh, okay. wow. Yeah. Okay. Well, it's 9.46 my yes, time. Sir. And uh, Dave, you're Monday morning, right? Uh, Yeah, afternoon. It's yeah, 2.45 in the afternoon. Okay, oh, cool. Wow. Cool. Well, thank you so much for jumping with us. But yeah, let's talk other things so we can let you go. I know you have your, your little one and he's... He's sick. My little boy's sick too, so I know what that's like. Um, so we'll let you go first, Dave. We want to talk about other things. Anything you want to recommend? Food, movie, whatever. Oh man. Um, yeah, I wasn't prepared for this second. <laughs> Why don't I let you go Pete, first? I'll try to Pete, think of something. Pete, go first. Uh, what? I, what I got? Um, the the Clone War, Star Wars. Uh, episode. I mean, no, 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 no. No, no, no. Season seven of the Clone Wars is coming out on Disney Plus starting next month. You know what I'm saying? I finally saw the trailer for it. I'm really looking forward to that. Okay. Uh, yeah, I'm a little jealous because Disney Plus hasn't launched in Japan yet. Oh, so I'm still waiting on that one. Really? See, that I was, yeah, I was back oh, wow. in. I was back in the U.S. for a couple days for actually it was for a funeral, but um, oh. I got to I got to see a couple episodes of The Mandalorian while I was there. Oh. Kind of got hooked, oh. but then I couldn't see the rest of it. So. Did you get a chance oh, to see man. Baby Yoda yet? <laughs> Baby Yoda. So I was like, I, I had been seeing all the memes. I had no idea what they were from. I was like, what, what is this? Where'd this Baby Yoda come from? <laughs> Baby Yoda. And he's like, oh, there, okay. there he is. Baby Yoda. He, he going to be the hot new crane. Yeah, I was surprised when he finally opened that box. I was like, it's Tim. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. That's funny. Well, let me go while Dave thinks of something. So... Today's actually the it's Sunday and what day is it today, guys? Help me. Well, not it's Monday for for Dave, but it's the twenty sixth. And uh, we actually recorded P and I recorded an episode this morning with our boy Fred, and now we have to do it at night to have uh, Dave on. And in the afternoon, well, in the morning after, right after our podcast, with some sad news, right? Kobe Bryant, his daughter, yeah. and some people just just you know uh helicopter yeah, uh... crash so it's impactful you know it's impactful for many different reasons i mean i'm not a kobe fan never and i don't like sports but 
nonetheless, you feel for, for those people. And, and furthermore, you just kind of analyze your own life and you say, you know what, you could have it all. You could be doing so well or, or worry about yourself, take care of yourself financially and, and health and you work out and everything. And then just on a split second, you're gone, you know? So, yeah. yeah well, know. I'm a Kobe fan. Um, Kobe is easily top three greatest. You know what I mean? Um, and it's yeah. really, really sad. <sighs> yeah, it was shocking waking up this morning and seeing the news here. Yeah, so I just wanted to bring awareness to that and, you know, prayers and condolences to, to the family. Obviously, they're not listening to the podcast, but, hey, if we, we all send our positive thoughts and prayers to them, you know, let them heal, um, you know. But it's even sadder because his daughter was in a helicopter too. Yeah, she was yeah. Eight years old. thirteen, right? So, mm-hmm. yeah, that's pretty sad. That's pretty sad. So, all right. Well, sorry, I don't want to end on a sad note. Pa- uh, Dave, take it away. D- tell us something positive, please. <laughs> something positive. Um, yeah. So this is going to sound really nerdy, but uh, I the League of Legends professional spring split just started up, so I'm really excited about that. You guys watch professional video gaming at all? Yeah, uh, I, oh, yeah. I've watched. I've watched the uh, Overwatch. Okay. Uh, I watch a lot of the Mortal Kombat tournaments. All right. Street, nice. Street Fighter. Tekken. Okay, respect. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying. I actually tried to participate in the Mortal Kombat 10 online tournament. Really? Time, and yeah, I got wow. beat down. I got beat down by an well, old boy. I'm just <laughs> but I, but, I, but I tried. But I tried. So. That's cool. Yeah, that's awesome. So, yeah, I, I my my original background was in uh, computers. Um, I'm a, now I'm a, a Baptist missionary, but before that I was a mm. I, in IT. It's, I was all into computer games and all that growing up. And yeah, League even now, Legends is pretty big though. Yeah, it's pretty big now. I you know I kind of got out of computer games, and, and two of my little brothers sucked me back in, <laughs> and so I started playing that a lot. I started watching professional. Right. Um, yeah. So I, yeah, I love whatever the professional series starts up. It's a fun one to watch. So. Oh yeah. Big yeah, moves in the offseason. The teams got shuffled around, so it's excited to see what's coming out yeah. this year. Because that Overwatch thing on Twitch I have watched last year was like awesome. I mean, it was spectacular. Like, it's, a, it's a lot of fun. Yeah. Ooh. They're. Uh, uh, yeah. I've been curious. Like, I'd like to play Overwatch. I need to upgrade my PC first, but you know, yeah. See how that well, <laughs> that YouTube money's right. coming in now, Dave. Yeah. They're, uh, <laughs> For, yeah, I need it for, for video editing, right, guys? Right. Uh, right hey, wife, right. Uh, you know, I need to make more money, so I need better equipment, you know? <laughs> yeah. I thought you were editing. You're playing your video games again. What? what? I'm no, going to be a streamer now. <laughs> oh, the next mm-hmm. Well, the, what's that guy's name, the, the super famous guy? I, I don't know his name. The gamer guy on YouTube. Uh, there's, yeah, there's a whole bunch of them. PewDiePie. 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 Yeah, I think he's the biggest Pew- individual YouTuber. Pew- PewDiePie. We're going to be PewDiePie, guys. We're going to have it. We'll have the, what, 10 million subscribers or whatever. No, he's more than that now. I don't know how many. Nah, PewDiePie, like 90. 42 million. Yeah, yeah, it's way over. I don't know. Yeah. That's crazy. Someday, uh, guys, someday. That just shows you how much people don't care about watches. <laughs> Man. That's crazy. Well, they also to Minecraft. Yeah. <laughs> well, why didn't you tell the people where they could find you, YouTube, Instagram, all that good stuff? Yeah, uh, YouTube, I'm uh, Just The Watch, so it's YouTube.com slash Just The Watch. And then on Instagram, I'm at Just The Watch Dave. Yeah, those are the only uh, only socials I'm really that active on. So 
cool. hit me up on either of those. Uh, if you want to talk to me, usually Instagram's the best way. Um, or yeah, comment on a video on YouTube. I try and uh, try and get to those. Comment on one of the less popular ones, and you're more likely to get a response. Um, <laughs> right. Yeah, when they take off, it's hard to keep up. But yeah, I go bet. back and find one of my obscure ones if you want to chat. <laughs> I bet. P. Yo, Ross wristwatch love on everything, YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram. All right, sounds good. And and we have. Did you say the Facebook group that we have? I I don't. We have. Have we got any? Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, I've been uploading. Um, I think I'm on the third podcast that I'm uploading on YouTube. I mean, okay. on, I said on YouTube on on Facebook. Okay, which is the SoCal Watch Reviews podcast page on Facebook. Check that out. You know what I'm, I'm saying? gonna check that. Good. I didn't even know. <laughs> yeah, you're gonna be bottling out of control. <laughs> yeah, we want to grow this this year. And Dave, um, we do have a lot of collaborations coming up, and and people we've been talking to other podcasts. Um, so it's exciting. And then this morning, I don't know if you got a chance to listen to that episode yet, but we made uh, the announcement that Fred from Shaluso is actually the official third member of the podcast. So he's in oh. India. Yeah. yeah, he that guy is really, really into like all the luxury pieces and he knows a lot about Oh, that. there you go. Yeah. yeah, so he brings the yin to the yang to the, <laughs> you know, we, we focus more on affordable things. We do talk expensive things, yeah. but this guy literally, he has connects that have all these crazy watches and he's going to Dubai in February. So we're excited mm-hmm. for him to get a bunch of information, get his hands on a bunch of crazy stuff in Dubai. So hopefully we'll, we'll have him report back to us in, in an episode and, and i'm excited about that but uh cool right yeah that's, i'm looking forward to it yeah me too <laughs> but me you can find me uh so uh, youtube socal watch reviews and then instagram socal watch reviews so I'll, I'll reply back i'm not that big so i don't get a lot of comments so i'll reply back to you i'll, I'll like your comment and, and i'll reply back <laughs> if you want to have a healthy discussion about whatever we could do it you know i'm, I'm open to it but uh dave thank you so much for taking the time to come on and know, again i know it's, it's kind of hard you're playing daddy right now your little boy sick and and you took the time to do this so we really do appreciate it oh yeah no doubt no uh, doubt yeah no i had a great time thank you guys so much yeah thanks pete for staying up so late <laughs> sorry oh, yeah, to keep you up yeah. but no it's yeah, all good it's, it's all, all good it sounds good dave an open invitation here so anytime you want to discuss anything you want to do this again let us know more than happy to have you and yeah this has been fun so thank you dave thank you pete Absolutely. All right. All right. Yeah, thank you guys. Absolutely. Well, guys, thank you so much for listening. This has been episode 19 of the SoCal Watch Reviews podcast. And as always, stay humble, my friends. Peace. Peace. All right. We'll see you guys. See you. Peace.